and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by this week's amazing guest. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. I've learned through decades of being a business coach, mother, and entrepreneur how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women I've worked with have given me insights and wisdom to share with you. This podcast is about being honest, vulnerable, and real about what we have seen and experienced. We would love to have you join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful, not co-host, but another amazing woman, Anna Kochakova. Anna is a social media strategist. She has a really beautiful perspective and take on, you know, how we can use social media more effectively. And she just happens to be a client in my Women in the Arena program as well. So I've had the honor and grace to work with her for for quite a while now. Welcome, Anna. Hi, Sonia. So good to be here with you. Yeah, I love it. And can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. Yes. I really enjoy the work that I've been doing with some of my clients and it's been such an honor to be honest. And social media is such a hot topic and social media is something that we continue having conversation. I talk to people actually about it all the time. So I never out of conversations. And what I mostly do is finding the right pathway or the best suitable solution for business owners who are trying to really power their mission and who are trying to find the best way to utilize social media. And so they don't feel like they constantly chasing it or they're not feeling like they're stretching outside of what they should be doing to to do their, their work much better and to be much stronger in, in their work. And I find them to find that clarity and find to find that solution that would help them get to their actual goals. And a lot of the times that's actually simplifying a lot of their work, which is, which is really interesting. And then just finding that one way that works the best. I love that. And I think that's so important because I agree that what you do, you know, having worked with you for a while, I I kind of know the inside and outside. It is about streamlining and simplifying. Like so many people are trying to do everything. They're all over the place. They're on every single social media, you know, outlet. They're just churning out content left and right. And they're not actually leveraging it. That's right. Yes. And they want to utilize so much without really understanding why they're stretching so far. And I think that is a little bit, it might be just a little bit tricky for other people, of course, if they're not full time in that space, which they shouldn't be anyway. But that's exactly right. Trying to bring it back to something more effective and smaller. 
Yeah. And I mean, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, my perspective on social media (laughs) is that you need to have a really stable foundation first because you need to know Mm -hmm. who is your target market and what messages resonate with that target market and what is what are you actually selling and making sure that's what the target market wants. So kind of once you go through that stabilizing period, that solid foundation period, and Anna, I know you agree with me in that perspective. When do you think it's time for people to really start to utilize social media? This is so true. And this makes my work either a lot harder or a lot easier. And of course, after, I mean, I've been doing that for almost five years. And then when I started working with you, I realized because I felt so stressed a lot of the times in some areas and I felt that what is that I'm doing wrong and you really helped me see that and then when we've gone through that process of changing some element important element elements in my business and I connected with more people and with slightly different businesses as well realized that it's actually really really tremendously important and when people are just starting out for example and they really want to jump on social media first thing because that's what everyone's doing and it's so active and so bright and so beautiful a lot of the times they're really missing on this opportunity to first even test that's what they're offering is actually going to be of use to other people and sometimes we we're really excited about what we're offering and we feel like it's an awesome solution but we just need to go out and tell people about it and see whether they actually want it and putting so much effort into social media might be just a wrong place to be at this stage but when Mm. that's done and also when they already have the strong community on social media and the people that I work with usually have a very good engaged community and they're doing something, they're doing their work that is noticed and known and really in demand, then Mm. social media really can help. And it just looks like social media is just that tool you can pick up when it's the tool for your specific goal and then you can apply it. Yeah, so it's kind of like social media enhances the the mm. sort of stability and solid foundation you already have versus I think a lot of people see social media as like the answer for their success. That's, that's right. Yes, that's actually a very good perspective. Yeah, instead of instead of looking at it as yes, this is what's going to now do all my sales, fix all my problems, streamline everything for me. Social media is just another tool to to enhance something that's already working really well. Mm. And also a lot of the times people are still doing it themselves and it continues growing and it's working great. And it's time to step back and stop spending so much time in the lane that is not theirs trying to learn the skills that they don't enjoy and then that would be perfect time to delegate it and put in a very good strong strategy so it's not all over the place but rather serving one specific goal yeah i love that and and i love that you you know said that it's really about um i can't remember the exact words you used but it's really about taking something that's working really well and leveraging that. To me, that is absolutely the place of social media. And so like, what is your experience? Because I know what I I love your perspective on social media, because, you know, even your branding is all around good social and the benefits that social can have. And so tell us a little bit about that, because obviously there's some really some negatives around social media as well. What are some of your perspectives on the good versus the negative? Yes, there's 
this has been such a personal journey for me and I still see it's very personal and just meeting people in everyday life who would take camps, they would either join the camp, I hate social media, or they join the camp, I love it, and I'm spending all my time there. And all this emotion made me really wonder whether that's worth such investment and emotional investment. And I feel that social media should be that tool that can help enhance something that's already in demand and already yeah. really valuable. But it could be definitely be used for the, for the worst, like any other tools as well. And I think experiencing those two camps, those two opinions a lot made me feel that I really don't want to pick where I want to be. And I don't want to sell social media as a great solution for everyone. I don't want to talk about it. Mm. I want to help find the, the best application of it. And if there is a worst application of it, we just shouldn't go that way at all. And the yeah. whole good social idea is, of course, around leaning towards using social for the good, but also because using it in the wrong time in the business can be for the worse because yeah. it can steal your attention and it can make you so deflated and demotivated in the long run. And we see that quite a lot and just breaks my heart every time. And I don't want to take camps either. So it is very neutral to me, to be honest, because social media is a tool. So mm. I turn it on and turn it off and as far as it goes and I use it when it's required and then I put it aside it's fine but then there is so much emotion so i want to emphasize the good side of it if we have to feel so much emotion around it i want to be a part of emphasizing a part of a almost a movement trying to emphasize the good side of it and how we can actually apply it in a in a better way and just not even do all the rest yeah I love it. I think that's a, such a good point you made, which is really that it's a tool. That's it. Social media is just a tool. <laughs> it's not yeah. the end all be all. It's not a solution in and of itself. It's not a strategy in and of itself. It literally is one tool in a box of tools that you have to be able to grow your business and have more influence. Um, and I think that's such a great perspective. And I think it actually liberating in a way. Mm. I think when yeah. you actually realize that, oh my God, I actually don't need to spend all this time really running in the wheel, trying to get something. And in the end, it's not coming in anyway. I think it should be really liberating for people, but I'm worried that the focus is so much on social. They sometimes miss on what they should be doing because sometimes when I meet people and we end up having conversation around not really worrying about what they do and I would suggest not to maybe worry about social just for another year or so they would usually ask so what should I be doing mm. Yeah. You know, what's so awesome is I just want to highlight that one of the things I love about Anna is that she's really, really honest. And that's the camp I sit in as well. Like I often turn people away from my program who aren't a good fit. I am really honest to diagnose. Here's what I think you need. And it's not me. I'm not going to sell anyone anything that isn't a right fit for them. And yet, you know, there are a lot of experts out there who will sell anybody anything. And I see that, especially in the social media area as well. Like, so everyone's like, you need social media. I'll give you social media. They don't even know if that person really needs social media or anything about their business. But Anna is so honest and like really direct about whether or not she can help people. And I love that about you, Anna. Oh, thank you. That was that is also liberating. It's so good to connect with the people that can actually help 
even though sometimes that means liberating them from social media whatsoever. But I think if more people did that in all industries altogether, mm. then we don't have to have conversations with others and then wondering whether they are what are their motivations? Do they really can can they really help us? Why do they think they can help us? And like all those other things around it, all you'd be focusing on is there's the problem. Oh, here's a solution. Fantastic. Let's do it. Yeah. So much easier. Yeah. I know it's so much easier and so much cleaner and so much more beneficial to the world if everybody would just, you know, be really clear. And I definitely do that with all of my clients. I make them pick a lane. <laughs> you know, I definitely, you know, encourage them to turn out away every single person that's not a perfect fit um, because then it allows more space for all of us, I think, and more, you know, connection. It's amazing. Yeah, I love it. So would you say, what would what do you feel like is, you know, the primary purpose of social? Like some people really try to use social media to sell, you know, to sell for sales. And and I believe social media is really about connection. What's your take on it? Yeah, that's interesting. That's actually really interesting. It is a lot of the times, that's what I hear as well, a lot of the times sales. And another one I hear a lot is I want to take, I want to get my my thing, whatever I do out. And I'm not quite sure what it is. So usually I just ask, okay, that's great. How do you measure that? And from there we can have a bit of more constructive conversation. I think social media was initially designed to be social, to connect, to come and hang out with people. And I still think that's what it is. And I think that it's still working that way. Social is for connection. And it's interesting that because there is a screen, I think it made it feel like it is just marketing tool. But back before I was even in in my business, back before I was applying for jobs and I was researching people who were putting those jobs up on the internet, I would go and stalk them on social media and just connect with them. And I would send them, I would send them a personal message saying that I've researched your company and I really love what you guys do. Or by the way, I also applied for this role and I would always get a response because all of them were surprised that I was doing that. Nobody would feel like it's a normal thing to do. All I was doing is coming up to them and having a handshake and saying, hi, I really enjoy what you do. I want to be a part of it. And I think social media like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter are what they are as well. It's a fantastic way of just going out and, and connecting with people. And I think because we a lot of a lot of the time people a lot of the times people can't see that it's about connection as such. They see it more of a the marketing tool, more of a this is who I am, rather, hey, what do you, what do you do? Who you are, let's talk. This affects their entire process. This affects their posting and their ads and then their results and their outcomes because of that as well. And it all comes from that beginning. It all starts from that very mindset of how you treat social media. So I absolutely think it's about connecting. But in that connection, this is where the sales come from. Yeah, mm. right, exactly. And I think, you know, sometimes it's so interesting because uh, sometimes people get really stuck in the online space. You know, it's the same with my clients. They get really stuck in the online space. And then I have to tell them, actually go to a networking meeting or go go someplace face-to-face so that you remember what it's like to connect with people and then use that same kind of connection online. 
Oh my God, yes, that's actually so true. It just reminded me my recent um, night out as well with a whole bunch of women who were from so many different industries. But mm. it was very interesting because I had so many conversations then. I probably talked about six or seven people, and it's quite a lot for me, in one night. And we we talked about the same things I would talk to them about on online and because I work in social media they would ask me all the same questions I literally went through you could almost say the script of things I go through but naturally and it just reminded me how similar it is to online world and just because there is a screen it changes everything yeah (laughs) well and that's why we have I feel we have to really shift like you know what I think social media is so good for is to you know it does allow you to to have some leadership and to you know, really allow people to see inside of who you are and what you're about in terms of your business and your values and your mission. But I think that the true purpose of social media for a business is connection. And when we're real, when we like actually care about the person we talk to, when we actually are interested in them, you know, like you wouldn't go up to someone in a networking event and be like, you just spurt out everything you do. I mean, maybe there are some people like that, but, but <laughs> it's are. not going to win you many friends. You know, like I remember I used to have people who come to me at a networking event and they just shove their business card at my face and I wouldn't take it. You know, I wouldn't take it. I would be like, no, like that's not how you approach someone. And I would tell them that because they need to be educated on it. But I think, you know, like that's what people do. It's like, that's the comparable thing they do online. They just shove their business card in your face. They just, they vomit on you, (laughs) all of the stuff they are about their business and who they are. They don't in any way, like get to know you or there's no interest. Um, And I think that's, you know, the beauty of what we are able to do on social media is we're actually able to connect with people that are in any country in the world. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's actually a really, really good point as well. You can not really worry about so much living in one country and selling in another one, for example, because the connection just happens across the board. And it's very interesting you mentioned about people and their business cards. And it's almost about how you frame that conversation that you're having because it can happen online very similarly as well. And that happens in groups, I think, a lot on Facebook when we come in for networking and then everyone has this idea of networking is how many business cards you're going to collect or you people are a little bit pressed or pressured i would say into having some sort of productivity or outcome of gathering in this networking and networking becomes this difficult space to be for people who for example don't have that much energy for example or who want a genuine very strong deep connection instead of a few business cards so that's might be actually something that's happening in offline world as well and we might need to work with as well yeah so what would you say you know in order for you to have the people that you're able to best work with best leverage um, best use social media so that it really impacts and grows their community what are some of the key pieces that you would suggest people have in place because I think not enough social media people are talking about you know sort of what's the foundation someone needs before they enroll you before they invest in you know getting mm-hmm. a real return out of social media? Yes, good question. It's actually, it's very interesting. I think this almost comes down, there is no black and white 
thermometer kind of situation. You, I can't tell someone you have a thousand people on Facebook, so you're good to go. But I definitely can say that if you have a really good community, if you're offering something really in demand and you've tested it over and over again, this can be an offer, a service or a product. It actually doesn't matter what you're offering so much. It really matters what impact it offers rather than the actual thing that you give people and um, for example I work with a museum and their their work is so important to their followers and to just the community in terms of where they are located and in terms of the people who are really interested in the history and aviation and, and so on and so forth and they have that community and all they offer them is information most of the time. There's, of course, events and other things, but it's mostly that information and the place to come and be together to honor veterans and to honor history. And this is very, this is very stable foundation. If we try to break it apart to understand, oh, what is so so good that's working there, is one thing that they really know their target market. And I know that when marketers start talking about target market, everyone's thinking, oh, we've got to go through the same stuff again. But it is a lot easier than that and a lot simpler than that. They just really know that who are those people who want to know more about history. We know history buffs. We know what they look like. And we know what they're reading, what they want to want to know more of, how much they care about details. So there's so many different characteristics. It's not about their gender or where they live, but their passions and their interests and what they really want to see. And... This is one of one of the biggest importance, I think. And then the community that they've created on Facebook is quite large. But whether it's 1,000 people or 20,000 people, it doesn't really matter that much. But we know that it's a community completely consisting of history buffs who are coming to this particular place for this particular knowledge that we're providing them with. And we know that. And I've noticed that a lot of business owners, when they're giving giving their baby, giving their ba- their business, they're showing their business or presenting it to the world. They're usually not quite sure who are those people that want to give it to and how they're making them feel and what are those things that they, what are the pains, what are the, the happy moments and what are, they're just really not sure. They are really wrapped around their product rather than wrapped around the target market a lot more. And I've noticed that very successful communities online, and this is when it's so good to to use social media, are the communities that are very clear. You know exactly who they are, why they're there. Having this community, of course, really helps. And understanding what exactly you offer. And also treating social media as a gateway to those people, rather than and also the gateway to showcasing your leadership, of course, but also that getaway of collecting information from them. I think social media is entirely about target market. I think it's entirely about the people you're servicing and it's entirely about them. But I see it other way around. For most people, what I see is social media is entirely about but them, and that's because I'm I'm thinking they're not entirely sure about their messaging, their audience, and they want a very quick results as well. So maybe a more established business that is also having other streams of sales and other streams of leads would really benefit from social media a lot more than the business that is still struggling a little bit and business that is um, still trying to get to this very stable place would need a bit more work 
in terms of um, figuring out their sales a little bit more. Some very established businesses have uh, sales processes challenges, for example, so they might be struggling as well, but they are much easier to help. And then when you come with social media strategies to them, you're able to improve their technology as well. So this is then a lot easier. So a lot of this work, I think, comes down to really knowing your target market and really testing your offer and having the community you already have. Because I think when there's something super valuable, which is usually just solving a problem, not a nice to have, then community literally gathers around it by itself. Yeah. It's pretty natural. Yeah. yeah, look, I love that. I think it's good. And that's where somebody like me comes in in terms of, you know, a business coach. I mean, I only work with service businesses, but, you know, whichever, you know, having a business coach that then comes in and helps with that foundation. Because I think uh, you're right. A lot of people are trying to leverage off social media when they have nothing yet to leverage. You know, so it's being able to look more, where can you get direct sales? How can you make some profit? How can you test your messaging and target market and offer? And I think at that point, when you've tested everything, where you know you have something really viable, or you have a community surrounding you, that's such a beautiful place to then leverage off the capabilities of social media. And someone like Anna, which is so great as well, just so everybody knows, is she's not just someone who's churning out content. Yeah, that's the other sort of, uh, I think, struggle that I see with people's perspective on social media is they think it's just this place to vomit out more and more content. Let's just churn out content. Let's do a social media schedule. Let's do a calendar. You know, whereas what I love about you, Anna, is that you're focused on really helping them look at the simple and clear strategies that will produce results, not just churning out more and more content. Yes, that's right. And I think this is so important because once we know what's been happening with their community, what they've done before and what we need to do, what are the best ways and more efficient ways of getting there once you have that in front of you when it's clear and understood everything changes so your content changes your ads change you don't need you can find out that for example you don't need so much content or you need more content and less ads this finding this balance and finding it's not about having one process that you can apply for everyone and just repeat it again and again and see oh great we'll just continue spreading it along it's finding your own solution and and it's it's that way only because so many people are trying to repeat someone else's work and it's not working right. again and again yeah mm. exactly all those funnels that you're being taught all of those people who are just churning out tactics for you just copy this and you'll get it you know all this swipe files all of that it's totally not effective um, you have to customize what you're offering and it needs to have strategy behind it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. All right. So um, I would love to just sort of pivot the conversation just a little bit because, you know, I have had the honor of working with you for quite a while in the Women in the Arena program. And I would love to just have some of your perspectives on some of the lessons you've learned in that process, some of the things that you found the most challenging in the process. Would you share with us some of your experience in the program? Could you please repeat that? I didn't have sound for half of it. 
Yeah. So well, since you've been in the Women in the Arena program for a while, I thought it'd be awesome for you to just share, you know, some of the greatest lessons you've learned in the process of the journey, just, you know, what you've learned about yourself, what you've learned about your business, and maybe also some of the challenges you've experienced and just share a little bit about what it's been like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's been, that has been such a profound experience for me. And I did come into this with very strong desire to change something. For me, the whole beginning was I have no idea where, I, where, where to start. I never worked with a business coach before. And most what I've seen on social being there quite often, I've noticed that people are selling a lot of marketing. I am in marketing. I didn't want to do more marketing. So for me, it was almost like, okay, I'm missing something. I'm really missing something here. And I've been in my business for a few years now. So I felt like this is really odd. I've been doing it. What is happening? Why I'm not in the place I want to be. And I stopped enjoying it. So I came from the place of feeling that maybe I should be doing something very different. And my challenge there was to to really open up and let myself accept that I'm I am off the path and I'm not understanding where where should I improve what I should change and because the the majority of people would be always saying that it's all about marketing you're not doing the right leads gen or the right funnel or um, a webinar or something else. None of that felt right. So thankfully, I actually never really jumped into any of that. I've done some of the content production, like crazy spurs of content production and some of the conversations, but thankfully I never really jumped into this too deep before it was too late. <laughs> if I can say that way, but it was, it was just so interesting. And that, the fear of getting into, it's almost like letting someone now almost take apart something you've known, always known and point at things that you've, you already felt, but you just didn't want to look at. And that was pretty challenging for me. And I, I remember this very first conversation we had and I said something along the lines of, oh, maybe I just shouldn't even be in this industry. And we had many conversations about, but how you feel about being in it? Is it what you want to do? And I'm like, I do. I really want to do it, but I'm not, I don't feel like I'm impacting anything. I don't feel like I'm doing anything with it. It's just not satisfying. And the biggest change for me was, of course, is um, we, of course, done a lot of changes in the business, such as the structure and the packaging, which was fantastic. And actually, initially, I thought that would be it in terms of you change, you just pivot one element in your business and things just flow. And I didn't expect how deep that would go. And especially for me, and I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone everyone's very different, but I've noticed that a lot of women feel their businesses and it's such a personal journey for us. And a lot of us, we really, especially creatives, we really want to be a part of something bigger than what we are. It's not about making the money in itself. It's about actually influencing something. So you wake up in the morning super excited and you just really want to do it. And at the same time, you want to continue being an example of, of financial success as well. And with all that together, you, you're juggling so many things and it just becomes so, so challenging. So I think that was um, another challenge for me. But the whole process was very different for me. Given that I haven't worked with other business coaches, but I have spoken with so many, many of them were talking about improving marketing 
in many areas. And as I said, being in marketing, I just didn't want to do that at all. And when we started work with you, I really loved that we worked with the structure so much. And then we started digging into personal things when they came up. And that was really interesting because we've changed one thing and I was expecting, of course, some sort of outcome. And then something personal came in and I realized that the whole foundation, it's like a big building, which is my business, it sits on the foundation of me. And I really had to make sure that me is the one who wants the impact and the change. And oh, and another favorite thing on, on, the, on the same note was that I could actually make it any way I wanted it to be or any shape or any flavor. I no longer had to be a lot like others. I have picked up along my years in the business similar structures and similar attitudes. So I wanted to have packages. I tried to accommodate everyone. I tried to take all types of clients and all types of industries at different stages in their business as well. And some of that was actually pretty successful. But a lot of it required just extra work and it was extremely hard. And most people were very disappointed with social media as, as, um, as social media per se. And I felt if they were so disappointed in social media, why I continue looking into it? And I think realizing that I can actually make any business. It doesn't have to be what I've seen. It can be mine. It can be so different. That was so transformational for me. And as soon as we changed the business model we had and I decided that I'm no longer going to work with people that I've been working for, we've been working for a few months before our change, before our work together. I was so happy because I met new people straight away and I had a chance to test what we've created straight away. And it's just changed everything for me. I felt like, hold on a second. How did I know all that? This is crazy. So nothing changed in my expertise, but everything all of a sudden changed in my business and life. That was just so crazy. I know. I love it. And I love what you said. I mean, it's so true. The foundation of our businesses is built on the foundation of us. And I think not enough people recognize that sometimes if we have a really broken foundation, us, like our broken foundation, that we don't realize how deeply that affects the business. And so, you know, sometimes people come in and yeah, we work on structures and that's absolutely where we start. But oftentimes we have to go and really deep into those deeper foundations in order to be able to, to shift what's happening there. That's right. And it actually also allows us to actually be ourselves. And that's because sometimes we can question when something is difficult, challenging or not working, we might be questioning ourselves. And I questioned myself for so many years, feeling that I was doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And this almost indoctrination, this can continue for a long time. And many people live with that and they start losing who they really are. I think that is really sad. But breaking, breaking this through helped for the real me come out. And so my expertise didn't have to change. And I didn't have to worry about, oh, my God, I'm doing something wrong. It was about I didn't let myself do the thing that I'm so good at. And I think that was really profound because it no longer it was no longer no longer my expertise, no longer my worth, no longer myself who were wrong. It was I got stuck in the environment that I was in and I was able to come higher or beyond that or above that 
and improve myself over time. But I didn't have to just feel so bad about it and not improve. Because also if you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm just not good at it. You never move on anywhere. Just keep feeling sad and pity in, the, in this place. So I think this is so, so great. And the process that you took me through just helped to break through things. And it's interestingly also it takes stages. So it was breaking through something and something would really improve. And then something next would come in. And when all this process is so incremental as well, and then when something came in, something more challenging or something new, I could fall back in what I've learned along the way. And that was actually one of the most profound moments, I think, because I felt, oh, okay, well, now all this process makes more sense because now I get it. (laughs) Now I see what we've done. Now when things actually change, happen, or there's any challenges, oh, I can now use the stuff I've learned. Oh, great. Now it all makes sense. (laughs) That's so good, right? Because I think, yeah, I think a lot of people feel in the program that they're like, what? is happening? What is Sonia doing? Like they don't always understand sort of the method to my madness. But yeah, I think once you've been in for a while, you get, ah, this is what's happening. And this is why we're going in this direction. And this is what, what Mm. we're doing. And, and then, yeah, it becomes, I don't know, like a, uh, an acceptance maybe even of what comes up and what happens Mm. next. Exactly. And I think because this process is, the only reason the process is so new and so different because it is, but it's not because it's crazy or so differently outrageous or we just all being, you know, it's like going through high school or university, there is a standard you have to fit into. And if you're not fitting into the standard, you're either, I don't know, crazy or you just don't fit in. You're usually a slow child and people trying to fix you. And we're always trying to fit into the corporate has a very similar flavor as well. And when, and, and what we're working with and what you help to go through and, and this process, because it's why it's so different is because now we're bringing up the real person out rather than trying to fix them into the process that everyone wants to fix into. And I think that transformation is only possible through that. We can't change the world if we, everyone is sitting in the same box. It can't see outside of it at all. Yeah, look, I think that's amazing. And one of the other things I've heard you say a few times, and I'd love for you to just describe the mm-hmm. feeling of it or your perspective on it is that you've that through this process, you've really achieved a lot more freedom. And I think it's mm-hmm. more than just you have space and time and some freedom in the in, you know, your business. Mm-hmm. What what's sort of your perspective or definition on the freedom that you've created? This topic is always so so interesting for me. When I talk about freedom with other peers, I find that sometimes we're sitting in different places. It's always very difficult to explain <laughs> what I mean. And we also, at the same time, we often say freedom and everyone reaching out for freedom. But then I really understood what I've gained in terms of freedom after I went out to a few networking events because I just had to stop being online so much. Uh, and I tried to see more people online, uh, offline. They are all pretty much the same, very similar people I see online. And when we had conversations with them, they were running projects constantly. So they had three, four things at the same time. They would have a business, three dogs, a cat, a child, two other projects, maybe a part-time job. And um, we would we start a conversation with a chit chat and they would say, how's, how's your day been? And I would smile and say, it was great. It's been great and it's really nice evening. And they would say, oh, busy. And I would 
pause. And I keep doing that because I would, had literally had a dinner with someone last night and they also would say, so is your week busy, Anna? With a smile, with the expectation of me to tell them so, or so it feels. And I said, you know what? No, it's been, it's been really good. And the confusion on my friend's face told me everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I know what you mean. I think, you know, it's because we wear that busyness as like a, you know, a badge and we're like, yes, we're busy. Therefore, I don't know whether it's we're important or we're doing stuff or we're not lazy or whatever that piece is. Yeah. I find the same thing. It's, it's kind of, um, I don't think people know what to do with it because they're so on the, the rat race. They're so, you know, on that hamster wheel, moving, 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 um, that when you tell them you're in business, you know, and in my case, I've got kids as well. And, you know, actually, no, I'm not that busy. People, they look at me straight. I go to the coffee shop and everyone's like, so what do you have on for today? And I'm like, oh, a little bit of work, a little bit of family, you know, not much. And they're like, Wow. Like they don't know how to address it. <laughs> you know, it's, and I think, you know, that's the beauty. Like so many of us want to create freedom and yet we mm. either haven't achieved it or even when we do achieve it, sometimes it's really challenging to embrace. Yes. I think leaving the chuckles of busy is very hard. And I think it's an intertwined a lot with our worth. There has to be something to do with, with the femininity of ours, of, of our lives as well. I don't, I don't hear men when I have a meeting and there's three men in the room and they say, how's your day been? Some of them can mention watching a football that day or having a meeting and then driving for four hours. And it's not like, oh yeah, this project is going, this project is going, this project, because they're so focused as well a lot of, a lot of the times. And it's not the array of whole things. It would be busy with one meeting, for example. So I feel like, could it be something that this is what we do in terror ourselves as well? I'm really not sure, but I think breaking through this and allowing yourself that freedom to finally not being so busy is really good. And also, I think it would be really worth mentioning, it's fantastic when you have this time finally, then you allow yourself that time and you're still financially great. And this this comes together with, first it was, to be honest, fear. I freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like this is not right. <laughs> something is going to go very wrong because I have way too much free time. Okay, let's do something. <laughs> But over time, you you wear that off and it's all good. <laughs> yeah, look, and I find that's almost true for every single person that goes to the program as they start to actually achieve freedom. I mean, usually the first stage is everyone tries to fill it again. So they've got, they've got more freedom and then they just try to fill all the holes again very quickly. And then as I keep talking about space and taking more freedom and not filling the holes, then they panic and go into fear because <laughs> what do they do with that space? And then I think, you know, you're such a great example of actually, you know, settling into it because you really have, like you've really settled into the space. You're enjoying your life. Like I, you know, that's what I love about you. You, you do things that are fulfilling, you know, you don't just make work your whole life. Yes, that's very true. And I did always felt like I wanted more time for little hobbies or for books. I just want to sit down and read a book. And somebody told me once, do you remember last time you could focus on the book for an hour? And that was a few months ago. And I thought, 
No, I actually do a page or two. That's a good call. And then I took half a day off for a book. And of course, first reaction was like, what are you doing? And over time, I'm now doing it pretty often. This is so amazing. And I'm actually don't need to wait for retirement to do those things. I can do them all at the same time. <laughs> I love it. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And, and do you find, because one of the other things I feel in the journey of working with you, and I've seen in a few others as well, is, is that there is a lot of peeling away of layers. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's and an that, onion. That, and that so much of that peeling is also what leads to the freedom. Oh, yeah. It's a very good call, actually. It's similar to those um, to the analogy that I had of going through a challenge, breaking through, going through another one. And it, it is different areas because I think we have many. It's not like you remove one obstacle in your life and everything changes but you remove something and some layers are thick and other, others are thinner but you remove one barrier and then another one and then another one but there's always something behind it because think about how many years we've gone through so the years that we spend on earth and things that's been happening in our lives from childhood to as we were growing up to moving to schools universities and jobs every time this is a new layer of something and it can be of course a really great beneficial layer and then there would be also something attached something else to it so i've and we of course just move on through say university and never look back but there could have been something there there could have been a teacher who was really beneficial for your development or there could be something more evil and things gone not as bright and you have to later come back to it and remove that barrier because it's created something, some sort of attitude of fear or something else. It's definitely like peeling layers. It's a very good analogy. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I know in my experience, you know, there's always another layer and there's always more layers to peel. And the more that I peel them, the more I'm more aligned with my core self, I think, and who I actually am. And and then that allows me to really be able to feel freedom. Like, I guess for me, freedom's really been defined by choice. Do I have a choice? Um, you know, am I experiencing a, a moment where I don't have to choose for someone else or for something else or for obligation or for indoctrination, but I really have full freedom to choose for myself? That's a good one. I, I like that freedom of choosing. Yes. Then that's what it gives you. And I think that process actually allowed me because you start from choosing people you, you want to work with, not just because you feel like you want to work with them, but you can help them. And you make a choice that you, you cannot help everyone in the world, but your biggest impact is with the right people who can then, of course, impact others as a result. I think that choice is really, really important. And then all other areas as well. Yeah, I think that's great. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me, Anna. It's been an absolute pleasure having a conversation with you. Any last thoughts or any tips or anything that you would might give the listeners? I think my 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 greatest learning is to to really try things and there is a when when I was trying to find help, I really knew I needed help. And the people, there's so many people I talked with and some people felt that 
admitting that you need help means that you're somehow less worthy and somehow your expertise diminish and mm-hmm. you just don't know enough. But we are running so many different hats in the business and we are very good at what we're doing, but it doesn't mean that our accounting is amazing or business structure or social media or something else. And we're always learning those skills along the way. So I think the fear of coming across in a particular way could stop people from looking for help. Like that can be anything. They might be looking for a therapist, a nutritionist, a business coach, but that can really prevent us from from doing it. And then asking a lot of peers around sometimes can be very challenging as well because of their fears. I would really recommend for everyone to really feel for what they need and want, what they want to achieve. What is that they're giving them the most pain and just start little by little finding that help. Because I've noticed how many times people rely or or run towards social media when they really need something else Mm. and they don't always recognize it. Just maybe spend some time listening to it. It can be really hard. I know it's a very new skill for, for many people and asking around is what we usually do, but rely on your rely still on your gut feeling. I think that might be really helpful. Yeah, I love that. And I I also think that's important to recognize that being good at your expertise does not mean you have to be a genius in all areas of your business. We all have to know our lane and we all have to get help and seek out support in areas that are not our lane. And um, mm. and I think that's a really beautiful sort yes. of end. Oh, and I really wanted to say that actually as well. I think that if everyone is doing it, it just doesn't mean that that's what it is. I think just because something is a majority doesn't necessarily, it can be, but doesn't necessarily mean that's your solution, no matter what area it is. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you are enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We're so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.